Welcome to the Nuna Army Podcast. I'm your host, Virginia Dwan, also known as Mandarin Mama. Uh, I started the Nuna Army Podcast because I wanted to create a safe haven for older BTS fans. And um, I was kind of sick of seeing us depicted as crazy fangirls. And uh, to, be, to be fair, nothing wrong with being a crazy fangirl. I think it's a legitimate thing. And it's only mocked because of patriarchy. Uh, but I am more than that. Just like the crazy fangirls are more than that. Anyhow, today uh, is our second episode of the Nuna Army podcast. And last time I talked a bit about origin stories, how I became a BTS fan, how I found BTS, and um, how this podcast came to be. And so it was really rambly. It was it was hard. <laughs> And hopefully today will go a little bit better. Today I'd like to talk about Suga uh, because he is my favorite. And also because they BTS just dropped their lead single for Map of the Soul per not persona, Map of the Soul 7. And the lead single, the intro, uh, is Shadow. And Suga is the, the I guess the featured person on it. He's the intro. So yeah, so anyway, for for people who who don't really know much about BTS, uh, they often rotate through um, intros and outros and um, take turns featuring one another as like s- solos, I guess. It was really confusing when I first started. Um, I was like, hey, I thought there were seven people. How come this only has one person? How come this only has like three people? How come this only has... Yeah, so they split off into like subunits. Um, it's a big thing in K-pop. And the subunits that they usually do are like Rap Line, which is Suga, RM, and J-Hope, or Vocal Line, which is uh, Jungkook, V, uh, Jimin, and Jin. And then they, they release a variety of their own mixtapes and whatever. So for the purposes of simplicity and my own uh, fading memory, I'm just gonna consider anything any member has ever produced sung, guested on, featured on, did a mixtape on, whatever, anything BTS related musically, uh, I'm going to consider it as part of BTS's discography. Um, I'm not Wikipedia. Wikipedia will tell you exactly who belonged to what, when, and how. So if you are new to me, and I guess all of you technically are new to me since this is only the second podcast episode, but if you're new to me in my life and you're not like my one of my listeners who actually knows me in person, uh, you'll know that Suga, also known as Min Yoongi, is my favorite. He's my ultimate, ultimate bias. Um, and even though he was not the person who drew me into BTS because he really pretty much only sticks to Korean, it was, uh, it was probably RM because he was so fluent in English and his lyrics are in English, or many of his lyrics are in English. And he was much more relatable to me in that sense. Uh, but when I dove, when I got sucked deeper uh, into BTS, I found myself just inexorably attracted to Suga. Um, partially because I think they, I'm, I'm a sucker for a certain type. I love tsundere's. Um, for those of you who don't know, tsundere is a Japanese kind of anime manga term where someone is kind of outwardly gruff and like cranky and 
mean, I guess. And then inside, they're just like a squishy ball of goo. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's sometimes how I am in real life too. Um, and so that's, that's my preferred type. So I, I always joke that Sundare mode is the best mode. And Suga, uh, from the very outset, from the very beginning, felt like a typical Tsundere. Like he hated to admit that he loved people, was just really cranky all the time, grumpy. They always have, they have all these like fan-made videos of him being like savage or sad or um, just really low energy, but he's actually uh, not. I mean, no one is ever one whole thing, right? So they're just highlighting aspects of something, but yeah. So I just was, I really like kind of savage people. <laughs> uh, I think I'm I can be very savage anyhow so I was just really attracted to his personality um, I like quiet people because I'm not quite a quiet person uh, so yeah so I really loved Suga and kind of his personality and then when I started reading his lyrics um, you know I actually don't think that lyrics are necessarily the proof that music is good if that makes sense I mean there's lots of there's different types of music to fit different types of needs so there's your like typical vapid pop saccharine love crap um, which I totally enjoy okay I'm not saying like even Justin Bieber's new single yummy which is like super boring and derivative and the words are stupid um but it's so catchy, right? So like I, I fully expect to really, really like this song in about a month after the radio has just played it to death and I've been indoctrinated into liking it. Uh, but it's always better when the lyrics are good, right? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm a total lyrics person. I will love a song for the lyrics if the music is not necessarily my taste. Does that make sense? Like. Ideally, the music and lyrics are all awesome, but I will accept slightly less exciting music or slightly not my style music for good lyrics. And I will also accept really crappy lyrics for really good like melody and beat and, and stuff. Okay, I'm, I just like, I've just totally disproved myself, I think. I just like stuff, okay, so. Unless if, it, unless if it's the combination of like shit music and shit lyrics, I guess I like stuff. Um, wow, I, I, I made myself sound like I was a snob and like really elite and um, like intellectual about music, but really I'm, I'm just a basic person. And I knew this, I, I like basic music. So I don't know why all of a sudden I thought I wasn't this person, but anyway. So for those of you don't, who don't know um, and haven't heard the first podcast, um, I talked about how I found BTS and became really attracted to them. And mostly it's, it's because I've, I was going through a really hard time, um, a midlife crisis. I was turning 40 and my teenage self was like, oh my God, this is what you did with your life. You loser, how did you waste my, my potential? And, uh, and I was just feeling a lot of frustration and, um, and I, to, to a certain extent, I still feel that, um, that's the tension of being alive, right? Of a human, uh, but it got much better. And so what 
really called to me. I, I, I think I have one of those like melancholic souls. Like uh, the music that I like is that, that really, that I love, that speaks to me on a, like a soul level is always either sad or angry. Uh, and I think that tells you a lot about my personality and how I deal with things. Uh, but I, there, you know, there's songs that, that just hurt so good. Um, they just like hit all the right spots um, in this heart, in your heart, right? And as much, again, as much as I like to be a tsundere and say like I have no heart and it's this like black abyss of sadness, or not sadness, just, just my husband says I have a cold, dark heart, like I have coal where my heart is supposed to be. But it's, it's just the tsundere side coming out and he doesn't understand. And though he's half Japanese, he does not know. He does, he doesn't understand me. Or maybe he does, and that's why we've been married so long. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to talk about Suga's uh, intro. The in, in, I guess it's not an intro, it's an interlude. Suga's interlude shadow uh, for Mot 7. And uh, you, I did a reaction video tour for it, and I'll put it in the show notes. And I also wrote a review reaction post for it for my blog. Uh, I write at mandarinmama.com and uh, what I appreciate most about Sugar is that he is so raw and so honest. He has no qualms about um, plainly speaking his wants, his desires, his goals. He, they call him Minstradamus, uh, you know, like a combo of Min, his last name, and Nostradamus, you know, the prophet or prophet, predictor, person, I don't know. I forget. It was a big thing during like Y2K. Many and uh, since this is the Nuna Army podcast, most of us know what that is. So he he's really good about just articulating his wants, desires, and then his fears and his like pain, uh, which is actually very, very startling and very strange on multiple levels. Uh, one because. He's a man and uh, many, it's like, I mean, toxic masculinity and toxic binary, um, I guess, expectations or society, right? Uh, that men don't really talk about their fears. Uh, they talk, it's okay for men to talk about their wants, but not their, maybe not even wants, their goals. It's okay for men to talk about their goals, but not necessarily their feelings, their fears, um, and certainly not like after they've become successful, right? Uh, so I find that just very refreshing. But two, because he's Asian, uh, Korean specifically, but you know, Asian and Asian Americans, it's like, it's not, it's, uh, it's not a very big thing. And, you know, it's a, it's a very um, communal versus individual. So there, even growing, growing up as an Asian American, in uh, it's always that struggle. You feel obligated to your community, but first of all, to your family, and then all like the people who are connected to your family, uh, and then you, you, the individual person is subsumed in that. Right. So to to want to have clear desires of your own and clear wants of your own is just is is really like odd even though we all have them it's just not something we emphasize so a lot of the uh flashpoints between 
you know, like second generation kids as we're growing up is that we grew up, we grow up in an American society where it's all individual. It's all about your dreams, what you want, what you want to pursue um, at the expense of your family and your community. Um, and, you know, when you make it big, then they'll be like, oh, okay, yay. Uh, like it's, it's accepted that it's a very individualistic uh, society. Uh, because we, we were founded on revolution, right? We were founded on basically rich white people saying, hey, we don't want to pay taxes. And so then they rebelled. And if they did not win, they would have been, uh, you know, traitors. Um, so oh, I really should have a podcast just complaining about other things. But it seeps in. It's all It all matters, okay? It all matters because that's it informs the perspective from which... I consume BTS stuff. Um, so too bad if that's not what you signed up for. <clears throat> and so, so I find that very interesting as well, right? Like Asian society, Asian kind of mindset of, and then still he's very clear on what he wants and what he's going to pursue. So yeah, Suga pursued music uh, despite huge objections from his family. His, his, he, his parents had ripped up like a notebook that he had written, I think in like junior high in high school of all his music and lyrics and they threw it away or ripped it up. Um, in several early interviews, uh, Suga has also alluded to the fact that his father was very, um, very strict and harsh. And it, um, but anyway, he has said specifically that his parents strenuously objected and uh, he, and they were also very poor. Uh, and, and so part of the objection was out of fear, right? They want their son to have a good life and music. I mean, who? It's it's a real huge crapshoot, right? Like, there's no six, there's no guaranteed success in music. Um, not, I guess, that there's guaranteed success in anything else that you pursue, but you have better odds. How's that? But then, as a woman, which Sugar is not, but I am. Um, it is very. It is very hard to be a woman who wants things. Society doesn't really, at least when I grew up, okay, 40 something, 40 something years ago, uh, and maybe it's different now. I, I hope that it is different for my, my children. Um, but as a woman, it is not typically, it's not typically a thing, right? Like we don't, it's, it's, it's revolutionary to be a woman who wants. Um, it's uh, unless if it's like within a certain box of oh, you should want a family, you should want to get married, and you should want to have kids. Like those are the wants that women are allowed to have. And then maybe they let us want a career, but not at the expense of getting married, having a family, you know, and a dog or something. Uh, and so why why am I talking about this, right? Like. This this has been like 10 minutes of me talking about all these things that are not shadow in, uh, interlude shadow. Uh, but it, it all it all leads to that because interlude shadow is talks about uh, starts off talking about I want to be rich. I want to be a rap star. I want to be a rock star. I want to I want to be a king. I want to be the king. I want to be the top. Right. He, he talks very clearly about he states very clearly his intentions. Um, what he wants, right? And then, and, and it echoes, actually, it calls back 
to the very, very, very beginning of their debut song of No More Dream, where he says, you know, I, I want a big car, big house, big ring, you know, he, and he doesn't, he doesn't know, but he, he, he doesn't have any, he, he, in, in that particular song, I think he says he doesn't have any big dreams. Uh, but in later songs, you find out like, oh, it's evolved, right? Like he, he has big, big aspirations, right? Like, and uh, it's th- just throughout their discography, right? He's talking about they want, he wants to be a success. Like Suga is very, very ambitious. Uh, you, you, the reason why they call him Instradamus is because he, what he says, what he puts out into the universe, he sets very clear his intentions and he gets it. And that's why they call him Instradamus because he makes, he says something, he speaks it, he puts it out into the universe and it happens, right? He wanted a billboard. So they've got like four. Uh, he, um, and then he wanted, he wants a Grammy now, uh, but like, which they haven't gotten yet. Um. And but like they he he puts his intention out right so he first started off small like they wanted to get number one uh, on some music program uh, like a Korean music show and and when they got it like two or three years later they were excited they wanted rookie of the year awards um, and they got it and they were pretty shocked they wanted artists of the he wanted artists artists of the year awards and album of the year awards and even though now it seems like a foregone conclusion that's only because we're looking backwards right we are looking from a we are time traveling right but when they first started bts was not a foregone conclusion they they were not part of the big three entertainment companies in korea they were they were part of a broke company uh started by a ballad writer um uh uh si hook they were not a foregone conclusion and so for when these songs were at the very when these songs were first written when they first, you know, produced them, they they did not know that they were going to be this big. It does talk about his dreams, right? The things that he started off wanting. Uh, and I really, I really sympathize with that, right? Because I, I have lots of wants and lots of desires and I thought I got them and I, and I did, but I didn't realize I have other wants and desires. I mean, because we're people, right? We have complicated and it's just, it's, it gives me courage to to go after the things I want one to name them because if you don't name your wants you can't get it right and it's very vulnerable to want it's vulnerable to to tell people what you want and to say to even to yourself this is what I want uh, because people judge you for your wants right how who do you think you are how dare you who, who do you think you are you're Korean how are you gonna get a billboard award how are you gonna get a Grammy you know, like, and so I, I want to be famous or I want to meet and interview BTS in person. I want all sorts of things. I want to be a, a I guess I, I am a writer, but I, you know, want to be a famous writer, you know, and, and as a 40 year, 41 year old woman, uh, it's like, how dare you? Who, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to want these things? Who do you think you are to want to be famous? Famous people don't look like me you know, uh, in, uh, not in America. I, and hey, I don't speak Korean. I'm not some big, I don't work for some big magazine company. Who do, you, who do I think I am to say that I want to interview BTS, right? So it's, it's very, it's, it's like a declaration, right? These are the things that I want and I'm gonna go after it. And it, it's very vulnerable. Uh, and 
it gives me courage to see that even big, huge people, that they can put themselves out there, right? So sugar, uh, the shadow interlude also sounds a lot like, uh, sonically, it sounds a lot like, because they both, Sugar produced this song as well as um, Sugar's interlude that he wrote for Halsey. And in his, in that song, he also talks about like, oh, the fear, he's reached the top, he's hit these dreams, he doesn't know what to do now, and he's afraid. He's afraid that he's going to fall because he's so high up there now, right? There's all these expectations, there's all these people looking at him, and and if he, if he jumps, he doesn't know if he's going to fall. Like, is he taking a leap of faith and he's going to fall? Like, and so, you know, when you start off at the bottom and you jump, you're not going to fall very far, but now you're going to, if you jump from very high up, you know, the penalties and consequences are much bigger. So the bigger you get, one could argue that even though you have, even though from the outside, it looks like you have more space, uh, more freedom to fail. In actuality, it feels, failure feels even worse, right? Because, oh, you used to be so big. Uh, and, and BTS have constantly, especially Suga, uh, he has constantly been aware of the fact that this fame that they have, this glo- this hugeness that they have is fleeting and it will not last forever. I think it was in like a Burn the Stage episode. It's, it's a Burn the Stage is their like behind the scenes documentary or one of them. And he talks about how when he's tired, he's so tired. He's so tired of running at full speed. He's so tired of working. He's so tired of doing all these things, but he keeps going because he knows one day it will not be here and he will want it. And so that's why he keeps going and it's heartbreaking. Um, but again, I find it so insightful. Like I, I mean, I like to think of myself as a rather introspective contemplative person. Wait, no one would ever call me contemplative, but I feel like I, I, I think things right. Like, um, when I'm not busy running away from my thoughts. Uh, and so, but I, and I, I like to think that when I was in my twenties, I was also this kind of deep person, but I probably wasn't. Uh, but so it, it's, I find it so interesting that he's so young and yet so grounded is not the word, but like so that he knows himself. And I, I covet that. And I, I feel like I'm better at it now. But that's, that's something that really attracts me to him, uh, that he knows himself and knows what he wants. And so again, he's in, in Suga's interlude, and interlude shadow he again talks about like being afraid to fall and in the in sugar's interlude he says oh well uh, you know well he's still young he's going to keep going like hey i don't know what to do but i'll just keep going Uh, and sometimes that's what it is right Uh, you just keep going Uh, and and so that interlude he just kind of maintains like the, the like melancholy feel of it and it's it's pretty short and you know, it, it's, it's so sad. <laughs> when I first heard it at like three o'clock in the morning, when it was released, I just like sobbed uh, without even really knowing the lyrics. I, I just sobbed. It was just so sad. And I felt like it really spoke into my heart because um, it was, it is kind of how I feel about things, right? Like, uh, or, I, or I did and kind of still do. Like I'm afraid uh, to get the things that I want, because then what am I going to do after that? Or, um, but then I also really want things, right? And so in Interlude Shadow, he talks even more about it. He's like, oh, he's going to, like, now they're so high and he's so lonely. Like, he, he's like, how come no one told me it was so lonely up here? And, 
and it it references just so many things he said in the past um i think in some it must have been another burn the stage interview uh where he talks about where sugar talks about um how it's it's gotten really scary because no one in korea has been where they are so they can't even ask their seniors their their sunday name for advice uh, so prior prior to this like global success they at least had you know other people in the industry their friends or their colleagues that they could you know ask questions right so they could at least have people to advise them but but now that they're so big you know it's really lonely because they're they don't they don't have anyone to ask for advice at least really in korea so yeah it's really lonely for them and they and uh my favorite favorite thing that suga has ever written is a poem that he wrote for run bts um, and it talks about and it's called what a relief that we are seven and he talks about again the same concept of like now that they're so they're so high they reach these dreams it's so high it, but it's it's so cold and they can't breathe right because the higher you are up in the atmosphere the less oxygen there is and, it, and it's cold right it's really cold and they can't breathe and he's and he's so grateful that he has his other members to be with him so yeah so i i feel like that that part is really resonant like it's it's he's afraid and he doesn't know what to do and he's and he's just so scared and i just and i i appreciate that because i am always scared i feel like every i i constantly operate out of fear i find it both relatable because i have these fears of failing and of um but also sort of like a warning because i clearly am not in the stratospheres of fame as bts are uh is and and it's uh and so part of me doesn't really sort of like well i i really actually still would like to be famous but um and maybe it'll be different but it probably will um anyway continuing on um uh, the other thing that the interlude shadow talks about is a, like a monster. Like he feels um, as there's, he's either being chased by a monster. What is the exact lyric? I'm not. Um, but but he talks about having a monster inside of him, and then ah, he's talking about how like the higher he goes, the you know towards the light, like the bright you know light of fame, uh, the larger his shadow grows, and then, and it's these shadows are chasing him, and and that they will swallow him, him up whole like a monster and whether those are his fears um or like his dark thoughts his you know everyone has like an inner beast right whether it overtakes him uh in his song the last off his mixtape um he talks about how how he he was so greedy and so ambitious for the things that he wanted that he felt like it was also a monster because he wants to be rich, he wants money, uh, and he wants to succeed. And he felt like that greed was a monster, also threatening to take over him. And and that uh, I think in that actual song, he kind of somehow a little bit makes peace with it, but just sort of like says, "Oh well, I'm okay." Um, but you know, it's something he struggles with. And in, in this, in Shadow, he also talks about, he's worried about this monster taking him over. Uh, in the song Tony Montana that he did for um, for his mixtape also, the Augustine mixtape. Again, it, it's that same like, 
uh, feeling of like greed, right? Like that that monster overtaking you, and that. Uh, and for those who don't know, Tony Montana is the main character of Scarface. I've only actually seen that movie in pieces. I don't really get the appeal, um, but it's a it's a total character study about greed, right? Starting from the bottom, becoming like this big kingpin, and then it just <laughs> exploding, and then it, 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 it all ends in death, right? Uh, and so it's I feel like it's it's a good metaphor, right? Because um, they started from nothing, and he just wants success, and then he's worried that it's going to explode and implode on him, right? Uh, and so I. Uh, even though I personally do not identify so much with that kind of greed, um, and greed might be the wrong negative connotation word, but like greed as in like just wanting things, like really wanting all the things. Um, I, I definitely feel as if I have inner demons or like things I'm trying to outrun or, or improve upon or get better and sometimes it feels like they swallow you up right and so i think it's comforting to hear someone else voice these uh, thoughts all right so it's getting kind of long and uh i want to wrap it up but i hope that gives you kind of an idea of why both talking about interlude shadow but also a meandering introduction to sugar and also why I love him uh, so very much. Like, I, I just, he's just so raw and powerful um, in terms of, like, just how he writes. I always talk, I always, and Army also says this, but I feel like uh, RM writes with his brain because I also dig RM, right? Like, he has all these... Um, these literary like illusions. He's big into like deep metaphors and like insightful things and like wordplay. And not that Suga doesn't have wordplay. I just my Korean's just not good enough to figure it out. Um, not good enough. As if I have any Korean. My Korean is non-existent, so I can't figure it out. Um, but so RM, I feel like RM grabs you intellectually, and and also other places, but. Um, and I feel like Suga's lyrics are always like a gut punch because uh, they just, just I feel like he his words just reach down like through my throat and like grabs all the viscera and like shoves it back out and like and you're like oh that's what my insides look like uh and that's how I feel about his lyrics. And that's why I love him so very much. Uh, because, well, this is a RM lyric quote, but like he gives voices, right? To He, he voices uh, the things that I feel. And, I, and that's what art is supposed to do, right? Good art. And there is bad art. But like I feel like that's the purpose of art, which is to, to give a voice to the, the inchoate longings and feelings inside of us as people and uh, musically and lyrically uh, that's what I really appreciate about about Sugar's and and I, again like why I identify so strongly uh, with BTS and I think that's a, a huge reason why their fandom 
uh, identifies with them. Uh, and, and they're so accessible, even though they're not accessible. So, yeah. So his lyrics... I'll just cut it off here because otherwise I'll just keep going and it, it just won't make any sense. And this has been the Nuna Army Podcast. I'm Virginia Dwan, your host. And please, if you're watching it on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening to it on a podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. Have a wonderful day uh, and I hope you are doing well. Bye.